Hello, everybody. Perfect. Thank you. Okay, so, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's Transatlantic Rebels podcast. Uh, this time we are going to be focusing on Radiohead, more specifically three of their albums that we've deemed incredibly crucial to their narrative, to their journey, and basically three of our favourite ones, I guess. So, Rashad, what are your opening thoughts on Radiohead as a band? I have to, quali- I have to qualify this before we go into there. Okay, so... The first time I heard Radiohead was um, on MTV, the whole Paranoid Android video with the uh, cartoon, the animated version of it or whatever. I don't know if there's any other version besides that one, but um, I remember that, and then I remember Rolling Stone like going apeshit over uh, Radiohead, so uh, it was like almost every other week they were talking about Radiohead, this and that, blah, blah, blah. So I mean, I liked the Paranoid Android song, and I had got OK Computer, which I liked. Um, but that kind of like, it kind of drifted off for me for a little bit because I was in, uh, listening to other stuff. And then I think like, maybe like a few years later, I think maybe after, maybe just before End Rainbows, I just wound up buying all of the albums up to that point, which were, I think, uh, Pablo Honey, The Benz, OK Computer, Kid A, Amnesiac, Hell to the Thief, and, uh, End Rainbows. But to be honest, it's kind of like Radiohead's always been that kind of group where it's like I own the CDs, but I haven't like listened, listened. Like I listen, to, I listen to them. Like if I if I put them on like a a a, a playlist, I'll just put them on a playlist and then hit uh, shuffle. So that's where I go with it. But basically, the one I listened to the most was OK Computer up to this point. Yeah, for me, I think it was more kind of uh, creep hit when I was a kid I was probably about 13 or so and Creep was a really massive song in the UK Um, and Radiohead kind of felt that they were getting defined by it a bit Pablo Honey for me I mean I think I listened to it probably around the time it came out or something it didn't really make that much of an impression to be honest Um, but I mean Creep was just a gigantic song I mean it wasn't like a number one hit or anything but it was just it was so impactful Um, and I know that Radiohead kind of felt they needed to escape from it a bit. And I remember at the time people, you know, they were complaining, people were shouting at them at concerts saying, just fucking do creep. We don't care. You know, that kind of <laughs> stuff, which is pretty dispiriting in a way. So I think they decamped and went off to do the bends. Um, the bends, I, it kind of, I had the singles and stuff. I didn't have the album at the time. I think my brother had it and he kept playing it. And I was kind of like, you know, what is this shit kind of thing? Um, so it, I had to come back to that, I guess, retrospectively. The one that really hit again was like you, OK Computer for me. That hit at the time. Um, I think I stole my brother's copy like in week one and didn't give it back for two years, basically. <laughs> so, um, and then after that, yeah, I mean, I, I was I was pretty big. Like you, there are. I, I have all the albums. There are certain ones that I rarely listen to ever, if, if I'm honest. Um, like. 
probably like Hail to the Thief, uh, King of Limbs. Those are the two that I've I barely listened to. That's not that they're not good albums or whatever. It's just that I never really took to them. Uh, In Rainbows, yeah, I loved that one. I absolutely really dug that one. And it was fascinating the way they put it out as well. Um, but for this podcast, we will be focusing on uh, The Bends, OK Computer, and Kid A. And um, kind of like what we did with the Joni Mitchell podcast, I mean, you know, you chose those three albums for Joni, and, and for this Radiohead one, this was the natural choice. Going from The Bends to Kid A within, what, five years was just mental, absolutely crazy. And Okay, yeah. So let me ask you a question. Yeah, go on. All right, so since I'm the American over here and there's American listeners or whatever like that, explain how Radiohead kind of popped up in Britain, in a sense. Like, how did they get, how, like, what was your first awareness of them? Or, like, how were they, how were, like, you know, like, usually a band, like, pops and they blow up. Like, what was it like before they got to be known as, quote-unquote, Radiohead? So, as I alluded to before, it started with Creep. And Creep was really kind of like you thought these guys were going to be a one-hit wonder effectively because there were so many of those songs especially around the kind of early to mid 90s you had these kind of indie rock bands where they were absolute one-hit wonders it was just before Britpop hit so they kind of luckily missed the boat but Nirvana was still around at that time and I think they were kind of like being labeled as Nirvana light um and if you listen I mean if you listen to Pablo Honey there's I don't know if there's an element of truth to that but certainly you, you could be perceived that way so you're telling me so you're telling me that Blur and uh Oasis weren't really around when that album came out? Um bl- what which one Pablo Honey? Yeah, Pablo Honey. Blur Blur were around, but they were a very different proposition. I mean, the, you were still talking about the grunge era of of things effectively in 93. Um and and Pablo Honey was kind of packaged into that. I only said that because I just remember from being over here, my at least for me, I don't know about any other Americans. For me, I always assumed that they were all lumped up in that. Because, like, when MTV started playing, like, like uh, Radiohead over here, and then Oasis started coming out, and then they had, like, a couple of Oasis songs over here, basically, like, Champagne Supernova, and then Blur's song, too. Like, for me, being the American that I am, I just kind of lumped them all into the same kind of group. But as I got older, I got to realize that they were, like, different. But that was the assumption I got over here. Yeah, it's it's really bizarre, because Radiohead technically released the bends right in the middle of the whole Britpop thing. Or, or not maybe not right in the middle of it, but certainly around that era. If Britpop peaked in ninety six, but it was certainly it was kind of definitely from ninety four to ninety seven it was it was the Britpop quote unquote era. But Radiohead never ever get classified into Britpop. I mean mainly because they're not a pop band. Okay, they had songs that hit the, the, the top ten and number one and stuff like that and certainly albums, but they never got classified as a Britpop band after the Benz dropped. Now, luckily, they kind of missed the first wave of Britpop with Pablo Honey, because otherwise Creep may well have just been lumped in there, like you were saying. Um, so luckily, they kind of missed the boat on that. And then I think they, they kind of decamped with uh, after Pablo Honey, because Creep was such a huge song worldwide. And it is one of those kind of like perfect hit songs in in a lot of ways. And um, and then no one really could have predicted going from Pablo Honey plus Creep to to what was going to happen next, like the Ben's OK Computer and Kid A. You just could not have predicted it. No one. I don't think even they could have predicted it. To be perfectly honest, um, the, the way that they transitioned into an incredibly serious band, 
like serious in in a nice way. You know, they, they took they took their art seriously as opposed to them just being you know like dreary. They took it really seriously, and okay. Ben's get you know stepped up so many levels from Pablo Honey. Do you think that's because let me ask you a question? Because that's why I want to go with this. Like, do you think that sometimes, uh, like, like a detriment? Because I remember how I don't know how was the British press towards him. Because I know that that Rolling Stones, Rolling Stone magazine, at least over here, were basically like, like, pretty much like putting them on like that, that that plateau of like they're the band that everybody has to, especially after kind of grunge faded away a tiny bit with uh, Kurt Cobain and them. It was kind of like Radiohead was that, especially when Kid A came out. They were kind of like, this is this is the this is the ultimate blah 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 bland or yeah 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 yeah. I don't know if it was like that over there. Yeah, it absolutely was. I think they timed it well. Everything, yeah, everything worked out timing wise in their favor. Like I was saying, they missed Britpop with Creep, and then the Benz was so good it just superseded everything, and it wasn't a pop record, even though it had singles on it. None of them were this cheesy Britpoppy kind of thing, you know, like Blur, Country House, or Oasis, kind of Champagne Supernova, that kind of stuff, you know. Those were real kind of much more commercially oriented music, whereas the Benz wasn't really. It just happened to be so good that it had some singles in it. And then OK Computer ramped it up like 10 levels, and then Kid A just went completely, you know, there's a saying that when they zag, no, what is it? Sorry, when they zig, we should zag. And that's exactly what Radiohead did throughout their career, really. You know, they could really, they could have made another Pablo Honey with three creeps on it, I'm, I'm guessing, you know. Um, but they decided to go really serious and take it seriously. And that resulted in the bends. And, and then after that, I mean, what a run, man. Um, those three albums over five years, the way that each LP changed and morphed and they just pretty much, they almost destroyed everything that came before in their own arc, but they kept the best bits and distilled them into something else completely different. They're very, very restless, very restless in the, in the best possible way. And the best, you know, like, like we've talked about on, on various things before, you, I don't know, you just couldn't have predicted everything that they were going to do, especially the Benz and Kid A, I guess. So let me ask you a question. How are the personalities of the band members for you guys over there? Like, you know how, like, in America, you got Mick Jet, like, 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 I mean, it's, it's pretty much you guys. Why am I saying America? It was you guys. Like, like <laughs> Keith Richards and Mick Jagger. Kind of like that kind of thing. Do they have like, with like Johnny Greenwood and what's his name? I'm drawing a blank on his name. I don't know why I'm drawing. Tom a blank. York. Yes. Tom York. Yeah, I think Tom Tom York was really the kind of the, the face. Yeah, he was the face of it, especially for because they had such incredible videos from from the Benz and OK Computer in particular, and Tom York was frequently the face of the videos, and he was incredibly affable as well because you know he just, he's not like he's a beautiful guy in so many respects, but in terms of, you know, his facial expressions, he can contort his face into all these kind of um, incredible ways. And he's got a, he's got like, I say this lovingly in case he ever listens to this, but he's got a very malleable face. And, uh, and I can identify with that cause I'm probably the same. So, um, so yeah, he was really the face of Radiohead in a lot of ways, but then as things progressed, especially I guess by Kid A era, you started realizing, okay, you know, you've got Johnny Greenwood and the other guys and stuff. So, um, and there were always these kind of legendary stories of how much they would argue making their records and, you know, 
like say look that's it we're done if we can't make this happen then that's it we're done and blah, blah, blah. you know it's constant like i think pretty much every album of theirs has always been like that it's just part of who they are you know okay yeah should we dive into the bends yeah um what were your did you go back into this retrospectively after okay computer um, no, actually, it was like, like, honestly, like I said, it took me a while to start listening to this stuff because after OK Computer, like I heard that for a while. And then when Kid A came out, I kind of had this weird thing. Like I have this weird, sometimes depending on how, how much the press does it, like sometimes I'll, I'll reject something for a while. So when Kid A came out, I, I, I'll set this up. So when Kid A came out, I liked OK Computer and then Kid A came out and then like the praise was like, like crazy high. And it was something about... Sometimes Rolling Stone does this thing. Maybe, maybe, maybe this will make sense. Maybe it don't. Maybe it's my weird brain. Sometimes Rolling Stones, like they did with, um, for example, with the Strokes, like sometimes they'll do this certain type of hype that just turns me off of the band. It's not the person about the band, but it's basically about you know I don't want to hear this crap right now. I don't want to deal with this. So it was like at the time, OK Computer came out, and like it was a it was a typical type of hype. And I was like, okay, so I listened to it, and I enjoyed the album. And then Kid A came out. And then Kid A was like, they were like, this is the greatest album, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, my God. Calm down. So <laughs> what happened was I kind of, like, backed away for a little bit, even though it was another personal against Radiohead. And then, like I said, a couple years later, I wound up buying all our albums. So when I bought all the albums at one time, I kind of put them into a playlist and then just hit shuffle. So I really didn't give the albums, like, like, like on a singular attention. It was like, it was, I would listen to them, and if a song I liked came up, like, okay, I like that song, but I wouldn't listen to them full on as albums. So, basically, until very recent, especially when we did what we did here, I haven't listened to the album, like, from beginning to end. I, was, I would normally hear them through playlists. Oh, okay. That's really interesting, actually. Yeah, that's really interesting. So, so you haven't really, until this podcast, you haven't just sat down and, and like, properly focused on just each album at a time like apart from beginning from to end computer. yeah exactly yeah oh wow okay i didn't i didn't quite realize that that makes it even more interesting to think what to hear what you're gonna you know um what you're gonna make of everything um okay so i take it you haven't really listened to pablo honey very much not too much like i said if i didn't no, listen to it, it's, I, I mean to be honest it's not really it's i don't know it sounds a bit harsh but like there's creep there's a couple of other songs and that's that's pretty much it the rest of it is just kind of like decent i mean it's pretty good but it's nothing like like so you, <laughs> so you feel like this is this is the one where it's like where it started it was like that was a warm-up this is the real start yeah i mean creep is crucial to the whole narrative and it's an amazing song and i'll always love it um but creep is what pushed them to make the bends but really if you're going to start listening to their albums you i wouldn't blame you if you just started straight at the bends to be perfectly honest because my because in my mind before we before we even talked about this the way my brain worked I always assumed like these were the two warm up albums and then OK Computer was the one because OK Computer OK Computer was the album that they were talking about over here like I didn't really hear anything about the band over here that much like it was when that Paranoid Android video came on that was when mm-hmm. I think we started paying attention to uh, Radiohead or at least the people I knew uh, or I was around started paying attention to it. Yeah, it's funny because I think actually Pablo Honey was quite a big, uh, not Pablo Honey, but Creep was actually a big hit in the States. Um, So actually Pablo Honey kind of sold quite healthily out there, to be honest, um, as opposed to the Benz. But then the Benz kind of retrospectively went 
like you said once okay computer really hit that peak and people were like oh my god this is this is in the running for one of the greatest albums of all time kind of thing then obviously people are going to look back and think okay what was the one they did two years ago um if that's going to be a precursor to this and and, and the Benz has held up i think it's held up very well oh yeah 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 it was it was never my favorite album or anything like that but i think it's held up incredibly well um so all right i tell you what what are your thoughts on the Benz then okay so Here's this, this. I guess the way I listened to these albums before, how I did the playlist shuffle thing, sometimes it didn't help me because when I, when you play all these songs together on like a, on like a playlist, it's basically you don't you don't capture that. Somebody what's the line? Somebody says about every album is like a bucket of water in the river. Like you like like the if the if the artist album if the artist career is a river, then each album is like a bucket full of water that stream, whatever, like that. So when I originally heard this stuff on a playlist, I didn't have the context of, like, the progression. I just said, okay, I just pretty much stuck to it as, if I I like the song, I like the song. I didn't kind of have, like, oh, this error or that error, this error. So in a way, I don't, ha- I don't have that progression thing, in a sense, like you do. As compared to, of course, obviously now when you listen to OK Computer back and back, it's, it's very, it's, you're very aware of, like, how different the sound, the sounds and the textures are. But when I first heard this one, this is like a solid, strong rock album. But I was surprised how many of the songs were slower. I thought it was going to be more rockier than that, but it's like kind of like a mixture of like fast-paced songs, and then it's more like a, those like a reflective, slow songs. In the so that's what surprised me the most. I thought it was going to be like a straight-ahead rock album, starting with the beginning of like the, that Planet Telex song, and then it kind of mm-hmm. like eases into it and goes that route. Um, I will say, though, that in in retrospect, I've never seen that Just video <laughs> until I did this. I love that video, and Amazing I think, video. and I love that song. Like that's probably like my, uh, like I would say, like that's the song that hit me the most out of this, this album. Like this album is great, and it's like I would give it like a like a solid like like eight seven point five. But when I heard that, when, I was like, okay, so I was looking at the singles, okay, whatever. And then I was on YouTube and I saw the Just video, and I thought, okay, what this is about. I was like, God damn, it's a clever ass video. And then like it was the song, and it was like rocking. So that got me. So I guess it, I guess it's a roundabout way of me saying like, I've, looking at the album cover and how I listened to it before, it kind of readjusted my opinion of what I thought this album was going to be. That it was like kind of like that half rocky, half like reflective kind of thing. That surprised me the most out of it. Yeah, that's that's very fascinating because um, Radiohead around this time, once this hit, then uh, the narrative of them, I don't know, it developed quite quickly into a bit of a running joke that they were kind of the music you listened to when you were depressed at certain times. Um, that you know, even like certain sketch shows used to just take the piss out of them in a kind of loving way because you knew they were good and stuff like that. But um, you're right, like so there were there are a lot of somber songs on there, something like High and Dry, Fake Plastic Trees. Um, you know, street spirit fade out, um, but but the just video is the one. It, I mean, after creep, I, I mean, luckily I, I got creep when it came out, and that's fine. But the just video when that came out was wow, that was just like a bomb. I, I think even in America it hit it hit sort of like a decent level because it's a very it's a very MTV kind of ready video, isn't it? And it's very clever as well. So uh, yeah. Um, that that was always one of my favorite videos of all time. Just yeah. for sure, it is, a, it is an incredible video. I was like, "Holy crap!" Yeah, the guy tripping over, and at the end of them, they're all laying down on the ground. I'm like, "What the hell?" 
Yeah, and then you're trying to lip read what the guy says and stuff yeah. like that. Just, that. That was a thing forever, like you know, because back then this is pre pre internet, really. So you know. So did anybody come to any conclusions, or was it just one of the things where they just like threw it up there just to have fun with people? I don't. I I think I googled it a few years just out of like ennui, but then I was kind of like, okay, I don't really want to know because it's like that lost in translation thing. Like, I mean, you know, there's a sort of bit that's similar to like that. I won't ruin the whole thing, but at the end of lost in translation, where something's whispered and you don't know what it is. So I think sometimes it's better not to know. It's better to have your imagination than what actually was said. Yeah, and I was like a kid. You know, I was like fifteen. That was like mind blowing to me. So it was kind of like, yeah, let's just, let's just leave fifteen year old Jess all happy in his just so you, bubble. So, so, so you were not, so you were fifteen in nineteen ninety five. No, hang on, was I fifteen? Yeah, no, fifteen, sixteen. Around Jesus, that. yeah, got you, got you, got you. Yeah, yeah, fifteen, sixteen, around that. Yeah, got you. Okay. Um, yeah, in terms of the album itself, it's funny because. Uh, this has never really been one of my favorite Radiohead albums, but I've always respected it. I've always liked it for sure. Um, it's very consistent throughout, very consistent. Um, it's not an album full of singles. It's not an album with three singles and filler. It's just an album of, I'd, I'd say pretty much like out of 12 songs, I'd say at least 10 of them are just really damn good songs. And there are moments on there which are slightly singly, like you said, just and um, high and dry. I think dry. is one that's yeah. yeah, high and dry is one of those ones which is like you know I can imagine it's probably played on Dawson's Creek around that era, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, with Joey looking off into the distance wistfully and you like know that. Dawson crying or whatever. But high and dry is one of those ones I think. Um, and and Street Spirit was actually a huge hit for some reason. I think it was the guitar on that was just amazing. Um, but but yeah, the, I don't know. It was one of those ones that became just a staple. Everyone just bought it, and everyone had it, and it was always on. Like at some point, you know, um, and and once you kind of reach that critical mass, because like you said, you know, you're absolutely right to allude to people like Blur and Oasis and Pulp before, because this was in the middle of or, or just about to approach the middle of the Britpop era. Yet no one ever talks about Radiohead being of that era at all. Ever so, it, it, it's fascinating that they managed to elude it because I'm glad they did because they they managed to dodge a bullet because Britpop has taken down a lot of people, you know, um, <laughs> including Oasis. I mean, really, you, you could just say with Oasis that they had two albums effectively, and the rest of it is just you know treading water. Blur, as we've talked about on the Gorillas podcast that we did, um, Blur kind of effectively disbanded pretty quickly after that and Damon Albarn started doing his own thing and stuff so you know Radiohead's still going strong and it's pretty amazing that they've they've made it this far um I I I think my kind of favorite songs from it are are pretty simple to be honest because I I never connected to this album in the way that I did on, on later ones so it is things like High and Dry, Just, uh Street Spirit uh I quite like Bulletproof I Wish I Was um uh planet telex is pretty good I, I don't know i think i think it's just a really strong album um it, there's nothing bad there's nothing bad there's nothing bad about it it's like to me basically it's like because i haven't given it like the like like normally for me to get like a hundred percent of a feel of an album i have to listen to it like at least like nine times mm. like for, for to really give it but on those those few listens i gave it to like maybe it's like i gave it like maybe like three or four run-throughs it's like I said, like there's nothing I re- honestly like from from the first couple of listens. There's nothing I'd really skip, but like I said, like just got me. Um, yeah. The Panatelix got me, and like the rest of it are like if I was, if I was going to grade the songs on the average, I would say like most of them are like seven, eight, 
maybe maybe like a seven point five on average kind of thing like that. And there's no song we hear that I heard that was like this is terrible. You know what I'm trying to say? And then yeah. there, there may be songs that I enjoy more than other ones, but there's not one song on this album that I was like this is terrible. Like I like I can get why this song was on this album. Like I said, that's not to say like every song is the greatest thing of all time, but I just feel like there's nothing that embarrasses them. Like you know, on certain albums you hear a song or two, and you're like, "What the fuck were they thinking?" But I haven't, I haven't heard of what the fuck they were thinking on this album at all. Yeah, I, I think that's a very fair assessment. You know, mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. It doesn't drop below like a seven or an eight, but that doesn't mean that all of the songs are, are kind of, you know. Um, I, well, I mean, for me, I think oh, yeah. you're right. It's kind of like sevens and eights, and then I, I, I'd say there's probably about three or four songs which are like for me like nines or tens. Like high, high and dry for me is like a oh, ten yeah. because I just love that song so much. Um, yeah. But but it, the thing is, especially around that era, you were getting a lot of throwaway albums. I mean, Jesus, like you know, it was really just like one. Yeah, the nineties were terrible for that and, shit. The three hits yeah. of filler. Oh my god. God. I think I think we can look back on that and think though they were sowing the seeds of their own demise back then with the albums they were putting out, like the music industry. They were greedy, they were getting really fat and you know, they were just chucking out these albums because they thought, Okay, that's it, people will just buy it, even if it's just you know, just just chuck one and and, and the digitization of music did help to rectify a lot of it, you know. Yeah. And the fact that they they tried to fight against it and they lost that battle. Yeah. They were trying yeah. so hard to fight against it. Yeah. I mean, you don't get that many albums now. It just wouldn't even be released. Like, if, if it was just like that now, the rate, the record company would be like, just cut our losses, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If somebody, if somebody goes on Spotify and they hear so much filler on a thing, they won't even pick it up. Like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, basically, the Benz, that was 95, and then you have a couple of years where this they got a lot of success from this album a lot okay and then you've got a couple of years until okay computer now i don't know if you remember anything about the actual release of it or anything do you remember anything no all i remember is that video apparently android mtv okay so everything hit really kind of quickly in a way that there were obviously whispers of the album and a couple of like little leaks here and there and that was it Basically, like I think it was pretty much about a week before the album. Suddenly, it, reviews started coming out, and then Paranoid Android, the video, dropped, and all this kind of stuff. I think it went straight to number one, pretty much. Actually, wow. um, I, yeah, I'm, I think it did. And um, from memory, I'll check that later. But it was kind of like, okay, hang on, people are saying that this is really, 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 really good, and I think even Radio One were like okay, this might just be one of the greatest albums of all time, which was heresy to say, you know, you still got, <laughs> yeah. you still got all these people in charge who are, you know, Beatles, Stones, that kind of generation. Mm-hmm. So for the kind of younger Radio 1 DJs to start saying, okay, this might be one of the greatest albums of all time was a bit of a shock. And everyone was kind of like, okay, this is just the British music. I remember once Pitchfork had a bit of a dig at the British music press mm. for just overhyping things that didn't deserve it at all. <laughs> and I, at the time, I was like, oh, fuck Pitchfork, blah, blah, blah. And then I kind of thought about it and looked over the next year at like, the things that the British press would say, the music press would say. And I was kind of like, damn, Pitchfork were kind of right. You know, that like the mm. British press can really kind of like ramp things up. And it, I don't know. Wait a minute. Um, so imagine, wait, wait, before we continue on that, so are you telling me like the, the British press has a habit of hyping things higher than the American press? Yeah. Are you trying to say? Because I always, because yeah. I, I always assume from, from my ignorant little mind when I was younger, I thought that you guys were more pickier than we were. 
It's it's a very very strange dichotomy that I thought that too <laughs> until I actually look and and sat and thought okay I actually started really reading reviews uh, like in terms of and and then analyzing how good the album was and then how quickly that artist would disappear without a trace and it's kind of like in you know in sports sometimes people say oh this person is the new so and so and blah 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 and then five years later you just have no recollection of who they even are yeah that's how quickly they dropped off the face of the earth the British music press does that a lot as well you know a lot because I remember when I when I was dating this girl right and when I was graduating high school we were driving around and I remember and it's not even about radio but it's about how the, the British thing works and then I remember that. They had one song from Take That that came out over here. Mm. And then she's like, this should be our song. And I'm like, and in my mind, I'm like, it's not our fucking song. But I was going along with it or whatever. So, so my mind went out and I was like, and it kind of like, I was like, is this what, is this what is considered great over there? Because like, I would assume like it had to be great. It has to be considered great over there to go over here. And I was like, this, this is like New Kids on the Block shit. And I'm like, is this what... They think it's great over there. I I I just couldn't rectify. And then the Robbie Williams of the Millennium and shit like that. And I was like, and in my mind, I was I kind of rectified the fact. I always thought that you guys were more like like discernible. And I was like, are they really that discernible? I'm not too sure now because I'm just not sure with that shit. So like I said, when Paranoid Android came out, I was like, holy shit! Like, what the hell is this song? That song I knew off the bat that that there was something special with that song. So it, it kind of amuses me to hear you say that the British press was kind of like really like hyping stuff up left and right the kind of like because in my mind back then i was kind of like i i i just assumed you guys were just more because you know americans have this bad this bad concept of of it's not a bad concept but it's a stereotype where it's like because your accent sounds so proper and sophisticated like we just assume that you guys like are more like sophisticated and can see through shit a lot better you know what i'm saying does that make sense what i'm just saying oh that's the whole kind of reason this podcast works in any yeah. way shape <laughs> it's Rashad yeah. who actually knows what he's talking about but I sound like I do because of my accent <laughs> <laughs> no but like, uh, uh, no. Yeah, no, I understand that yeah I do understand yeah, that sure. but yeah how do you think Simon Cowell has a career basically yeah it's it's effectively that you know it's like not, it's, not, not the regular it's the, it's the RC, RC English guy or the Bond yeah. villain or whatever like that, that kind of thing you know? like yeah. that Pierce Morgan dude I'm like what the fuck oh, like, he sounds God. so fucking proper but he sounds like a fucking idiot I'm like, oh my god, like what's going on here? But anyway, yeah, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen ruined me. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, okay, so okay, computer. So yeah, so like we were saying, the British press. Those those were good points because you've got take that and stuff like that. I mean, I think take that are a slightly different case. They were, they were a boy band and then they kind of transitioned into getting a bit more serious. What was the song you were talking about? Is it, um, whatever I said, whatever I said, I didn't mean it. I just yeah. want you, you back, back for good. I can never forget. We were driving on a road. She's like, this should, like every song that came on, that was like a love song. This should be our song. This should be our song. This should be our song. See, when that dropped already, we were at the age where that was, ironically good for how bad take that had been before but we'd grown up with take that so we just liked them anyway because we would just you know it was just a bit of fun basically there was nothing nothing critically amazing about take that trust me what about all saints all saints were were again now you're talking about the, the british music press hyped them up into this amazing kind of mirror image of 
the Spice Girls. So you have the Spice Girls who are just absolutely sugar pop and ruining the world, but selling millions and being the new Beatles. And then you had All Saints who were like really serious and intelligent and dressed down a bit and blah, 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 blah. So it was, it, there was so many narratives going on with All Saints. Um, so what were you going to say about All Saints? I, okay, this is going to sound very guy of me. But I forgot what that video was. The one where they're like, they look like they're clones and shit at the end of it. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, no. It's like at the end of it, it's like they're all like, in a, like the, the back is dark. And sometimes there's people dancing. And then at the end of it, it's like a crowd of them. And it's like duplicates of them like near the end. I just remember that video. No, I'll, I'll throw out some songs that, that probably hit. There's nah, I Know nah, Where nah, It's nah, At. Nah. Nah, um, I, I get a melody. There's the one from the beach. Oh, hang on. Do you mean? Do you mean no, never, ever? Uh, never ever? Never yeah, ever? Yeah, yeah, that one. Ever I, I, so I just remember. Okay, <laughs> I, I apologize for being a guy, guy. But I just okay. remember seeing that video, and I was like, and I was like, and you know, what I, <laughs> it's gonna sound so bad. This is gonna sound so male. I said in my mind. Pokemon, gotta catch them all. <laughs> just, that's so that's so bad. But I it was like that's why I remember I, the song was okay. I just remember like wow, they're really hot. yeah. That was the one that they hit with that they really started that really yeah. kicked off their career. Never ever, yeah. Yeah. I was like, it was you know there's nothing, but it was like this because when I saw them, I was like, look at the second generation Spice Girls. I like, didn't have like like the the, the song like the one song came over. I don't think there was any other song besides that one. I just know the spice when the spice would come out, like, they came out of nowhere, and then all of a sudden they just like just took over. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. They came out. It, it, they just like just came out. Or I'm on the radio. If you wanna be, if you wanna be my lover, and the next thing I know is like they're every damn way. Oh, I'm a massive Spice Girls fan, and I, I don't oh, yeah. say that ironically. Like, I absolutely love them. Um, All Saints, I never really took to, to be honest. Um, the the only song of theirs that I absolutely love is the one from the Beach soundtrack, which is Pure Shores. Uh, so we talked about Madonna recently, William Orbit, that era. So that was produced by William Orbit. Um, do you know that song? Yeah, that I'm one, moving, I'm no, no, coming, that can't you see it? That one. I'll check it, it out when we get done, yeah. That's a, that's a fantastic song. That's the kind of one that Madonna would probably killed William Orbit for giving away, because it's that good a song. Um, that was like the main song from The Beach, the, the, that film The Beach. Anyway, this is actually a Radiohead podcast. Um, so, okay, so we've got... <laughs> we've, got um, we've got OK Computer. <laughs> All right, so Music Press, let's just leave it there before we go off on any more tangents. Okay, so, so they've hyped it up. And uh, but but nicely because it's only like the week before it's released or something like that. I think Paranoid Android dropped and like a week later, OK Computer dropped, and it was an absolute Megatron bomb in the <laughs> whole music industry around the world. Everyone was like, "Where the fuck did this come from? This is <laughs> unbelievable!" And the thing is, with Paranoid Android, they were comparing it to Bohemian Rhapsody by the, by Queen. And I was going to say the Queen. She didn't do that one. It was Queen. And um, and so people were kind of like making those comparisons. And everyone was like, oh, that's heresy. Because, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody had had this real kind of second coming after Wayne's World and all these kind of things. So, um, But but actually, in retrospect, it's a fair enough comment. It's just, it's just in a slightly different kind of, you know, mood set. And then, and then once the album dropped, you're like, wow. And then you've got the videos, like you said, the videos. Well, you've got the, the cartoony video from Paranoid Android. And then you've got Karma Police. 
You've got no surprises. I mean, the videos from this were huge, absolutely gigantic. And um, I mean, this this album was everything for like two years, pretty much. Um, so nobody, so 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 nobody in Britain was prepared for it. So I don't think anyone could have reasonably predicted that after the bends they would come back with something like OK Computer. You could have predicted and thought, OK, fine, they're going to come back with a really good album and, uh, you know, maybe expand upon what the Benz was. But I think they took such a left turn with OK Computer and bringing in real concepts and these such unusual palettes and hip-hop sensibilities as well, and but very subtly as well. It wasn't that, you know, they started fucking rapping and shit. No, no, it wasn't anything like that. No so, Limp biscuits. <laughs> no, no, thank goodness. And... <laughs> And uh, and just it, it's it's difficult to say. Oh, this is a perfect album, but for me, it's a perfect album. For me, yes. I look at it and think. I always used to say, okay, I might have. I always used to actually say it should have just an- ended with no surprises, and that's it. Like have those ten yeah. songs, and then and then drop the last two. But then in retrospect, I'm kind of like, no, that's actually insane. Like it, <laughs> the last two songs do make perfect sense. It's just I think because I loved no surprises so much that 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 was kind of. I was like, that was a natural end point. But no, even the last two are amazing. So, um, and, and it's interesting because this past kind of like few months, I, I know you haven't watched Westworld yet, but in Westworld, they, they have a lot of musical references and they've taken a lot from this album. They'll, they'll just start chucking an instrument. Yeah, a lot, actually, a lot. So, um, yeah, it's kind of, I can see why it might just have a bit of a renaissance now because of Westworld. And also it's coming up to the 20th anniversary of this album. Jesus. It just means we're getting old. So, you know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, what are your thoughts on, on OK Computer? I just remember, like, just just being able to play it, like, front and back, like, all the time. Like, I don't really have any, like, favorite songs. I mean, of course, there's Paranoid Android. I like Airbag. I like Electioneering. But I think this is one of those albums where you can listen to it front and back. Like, it's almost like, in a way, I really don't care about the song. I just care more about it as a complete work. Yeah. It just, it just, it just flows so... What's what I'm looking for? Like, it just flows so well. It's like, it's like, there's so many different textures. Like, even in Paranoid Android, take for example, 6 minutes and 30, 32, and like, there's so many movements in that damn song alone. Mm. Like, the... And it's like, it's like that, that slow little filter through it. It's like, that song pretty much like set you up for this album like that single like putting it out there that pretty much tells you what this album's going to be pretty much and like there's like there's no risk they're not willing to take on this album like i said i like the car police i like the like i said there's like as compared to the bend i would say nothing on this album for me is less than eight as far as the song goes pretty much but i just think it's just like a like a complete work and like i haven't really beyond to be honest with you i really haven't even dealt into the like the lyrical meaning of the album, yeah, I'm still stuck on, to this day, I'm still stuck on the sonic textures, besides the lyrics, basically. Like, I know this was supposed to be, like, that whole theme about detachment from, uh, due to, uh, due to, like, uh, like, computers and technology detachment and stuff like that, but I'm still not past the music yet, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's fair enough, but I think if, if there was ever a time for you to start getting into the lyrics of OK Computer, it's now because you've got Donald Trump as your president. <laughs> and you're such an easy target right now. It's just brilliant. I hate it. Um, okay. But but honestly, if you've got Paranoid Android, um, you know, with lines like, when I am king, you will be first against the wall. Hmm, who does that sound like? And, and then you've got <laughs> Karma Police with the video. Have you seen the video for Karma Police? No, I've not seen it. Oh, 
you've got to watch that that that's the most trumpy shit ever and then you've got <laughs> you've got fitter happier which is just you know like uh, oh my god like you talk about the whole health and fitness tracking thing right now you've got electioneering which is obviously electioneering and no surprises where right now you just probably want to crawl into a hole and uh, <laughs> hibernate for the next four years so <laughs> you know um that i think if there, if there was a time for you to start reading the lyrics it's now you don't have to but but you'll, oh, I no, think you'll I, I identify will, with them a lot more right now and and also watch karma police the videos just yeah like i can just basically pop it on and just let the sounds wash over me yeah yeah that's how good the music is it kind of reminds me of like when i remember when um i first started listening to bjork and i was like this is some adventurous ass shit and then i didn't expect like like a, like a rock band to really go this route. I mean, of course, there's Portishead, but this is like something else. I was like, holy shit. Like, I think the closest thing that came to that was, like I said, I was a, I'm was i a Portishead fan. And then when I heard this one, I was like, this is Portishead with more rock than trip-hop kind of thing like that. But then they pushed it even further than that shit. I was like, holy crap, this is crazy. It's got that feel. Because I remember, like, the stuff I used to like was like that, that, uh, Tricky, yeah, and like ma- like massive attack and all that stuff. Like yeah. I was totally down for that stuff, and I was feeling yeah, like, me too, me too. And then Bjork came out I was like holy shit, and then Porter's Head came out I was like holy shit, and then this album came out I was like holy shit. So it kind of came around a time where like I'm a fan of um of of, of artists who who matches genres together but have their own unique voice. And, you know, sometimes some people have matched genres together, but they sound derivative. Like this album sounds like they match genres together, but nobody can make this album but them. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're talking about some of the influences, they had a lot of influences, and like you know, DJ Shadow introducing was a big oh, one. Oh, I can see, them. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, album. yeah. Especially if you talk about like just the drums from. It took a while for me to understand that, but then I was kind of like, actually, yeah, just the drums on Airbag from like you know minute one actually very kind of DJ Shadowy, and. Um, so and then, and who else was there? Uh, I think they said some uh, some other ones that that you talk about, like you said, Porter's Head. Um, you've got like a kind of Phil Spector wall of sound uh, technique sometimes coming in. I think they said Johnny Cash as well, which I can kind of imagine with something like Exit Music for a film. Um, uh, and then uh, I don't know, like it's just most the, likely the, it's like everything you think of. It's most likely anybody could think of yeah, that's worth it. Yeah, they probably basically around that, especially around that era. I think there must be because yeah. it, it it was kind of you know hip hop was really taking over the world at that kind of point as well, and so they they kind of they distilled what they liked from hip hop into it instead of just kind of like rapping like Mel B on the Spice Girls. They they kind of <laughs> t- um, they they took they took what they really you know l- admired and thought what they could transition into themselves. Um, <clears throat> And, and you know, in that case, probably like drum loops and stuff, really. So, so let me, uh, so let me, so let me ask you a question in Britain. Go on. So let me ask you a question. Where after this album came out and it was out for a while, was this the one that kind of like put them in the upper echelon of like the great British artists? It, just by this album alone, or did it take the next album? No, absolutely this album without a doubt. This album. So it was like, yeah. so it was an instant classic right here. This one was instant, one of instant, instant classic from week one, <laughs> literally from week one, or maybe even minus a week because the the, the British music press had already declared it a classic. But then uh, within a week, people were like, okay, this actually really is one of those albums that you think, okay, we might just be really lucky to be alive right now that this album has come out. It's that good. Were the Teeny Boppers into it too? 
in Britain? No, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure about that. I can't really qualify it. What I will say is that at least it had like three big singles with really great videos and that, that can't have harmed um, anything. I, it's difficult to say who's into what, you know. Like, I mean, for me, someone would look at me and think, well, I didn't realise he was into the Spice Girls in such a heavy yeah. way yeah. <laughs> whilst I was listening to Biggie and Puck at the same time, you know. So, like, who knows? Um, I'm sure Biggie and Puck was into the Spice Girls. Right. Well, yeah, actually, actually, do you know what? On on the Spice Girls' first album, one of the songs has you know that Humpty Dumpty song that Tupac was on, that that, that one with the bass line. They they use that 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 um, sample on the Spice Girls album. There's a lot of hip hop influence on in the Spice. It's Girls. funny with hip hop fans because they don't they never realize how many sounds that their 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 artists actually listen to to get to the mm. sound they get on there. I always thought that was interesting. Like I was like, you guys do know that your favorite hip hop artists listen to a lot of people to get the sounds they want on their albums, right? And and this this is one of my this is one of my problems with rappers nowadays is they've only grown up listening to rap music, and and they've forgotten how to actually listen to other genres of music because the, our our favorite rappers when we were growing up, you're absolutely right. They listen to an, a, a really wide variety of genres, whereas the a lot of these young rappers growing up just listen to rap and it's like well no wonder your music is boring it's a homogenized yeah it's basically yeah yeah because rap because like hip-hop was going into those going record digging crate digging and pulling out these crazy ass sounds from different spots yep that is the bedrock of it really if you're talking Mm -hmm. about the music absolutely and going and and spinning that back to this album this sounds like this is where the hip-hop fluid sound like it comes in like they're taking like it's different disparate sounds they're they're putting together and pushing against each other and see what comes out of there. They're not playing it safe for any. Not one song is playing it safe. It's, it's, it's songs taking influences and pushing them and contorting them into a song that makes it work. Which I, which is why I love this album so much. Yeah, and there's probably only one kind of. I'd argue there's only one kind of rock song on this whole album, which is Electioneering. Um, I don't think there's anything else that's what you'd call quote unquote classic rock not classic rock but you know what i mean everything else is a real kind of like exactly you're right genre mashup of various instances from airbags if you're talking about like from airbag to paranoid android you've got like five different genres within the first (laughs) kind of 10 minutes basically um so yeah i mean what what are some of your favorite songs from here like maybe your three kind of favorite songs all right so airbag Mm-hmm. Paranoid Android and Electioneering would probably be my favorite three if you were to put a gun in my head. They'd probably okay. be like my favorite three. Are there any ones? Uh, are there any other ones that you kind of like really? Uh, Subterranean Homesick Alien and it's tough. Uh, maybe Climb Up the Walls. Maybe. Like I said, that whole middle section is like it just bleeds together for me. So I really don't have like a favorite favorite. But if you put the gun in my head, I would say if you were forcing me like to pick those airbag, paranoid android, subterranean, homesick alien, electioneering, and climb up the walls would probably be my favorite. If you were to force me to say what my favorites would be. Okay. Um, I think for me, airbag, paranoid android, uh, karma police. I love fit to happier, but I'm not going to classify that as a song. Um, electioneering no surprises no surprises was probably my instant favorite, favorite. for a long long time yeah mm-hmm. and, and it's kind of changed and morphed over the years um funnily enough exit music for a film I, I always really liked it i didn't love love it until really recently and it's used in west westworld um okay. at, at like the absolute 
most crucial moment and uh and since that moment i i just could not after that show finished i could not stop listening to exit music for a film for two weeks <laughs> just that one song so it, funny. it's funny how it's it sometimes you know tv shows can help on that aspect you know so it's really kind of highlighted how amazing that song was to me new appreciation um, yeah yeah which is which is a beautiful thing you know you're talking about almost 20 years later so i think that's a great thing um i don't know there's just I think if you talk about the concept of the album as well, um, it, it's quite a loose concept in certain ways, but it, it just it really allows you to morph in, like, like to kind of step into into the shoes of Tom York and Alien and the kind of escapism of life and stuff. And it's just incredible. And also the the, the feeling of oppression because there's a, a massive feeling of oppression, and you can imagine that them trying to create a classic after the Bends would have would have left them feeling pretty oppressed and with a lot of pressure on their shoulders um and then you talk about the political climate of back then and now and i don't know this this is just one of those albums that you can hold it up as a prison to a prism to life and view life in so many multiple ways depending on how old you are and what time of day it is and what's going on with the weather and whatever it's just it it, it just augments your view of it it's almost like augmented reality kind of thing you know you just put on these glasses and and then it just shapes whatever you're doing at that time and the album cover kind of like shows that yeah definitely you're the you're the kind of like album cover art guy so what are your thoughts on 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 the uh on the three Uh, albums i'm looking at it right now and i like the fact that it's like that it's like it's like it's the information superhighway in a sense, like on the bottom, like the road, and yeah. like there's a blurry guy behind it, and there's another one back off in the distance, but that body doesn't look as human. It looks like the arms are missing. There's a head, there's a torso. It's like one foot. And then you have the whole lost child, lost child thing, and little X. It doesn't like super, super highway. It's like cold and chilly, and these people are blurry, and the person sitting on there, it's kind of like they can't get a grip on it in a sense. It's just very abstract, and I love it. Like 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 a city that's like scratched out in the middle, and the highway surrounding it. It's just weird. That stark white, the stark white with the blues, and it's like a dash of red going on there. And then it's like that cartoon image of like a like, like the nose of an airplane pushing right in on the corner. Meanwhile, there's like two small cartoon-looking people trying to push against something. So, and what about the album title as well? Okay, computer. Yeah. Uh, have you you've got you've got an apple phone don't you you got an iphone yeah, I have apple phone, yeah. yeah so i mean for uh, anyone who's got an android phone uh like myself then you know if you're quite invested into the google kind of um what do you call it plat well the sort of google ecosystem then um i'm not going to say it right now i should know we'll fuck it so let's say it so okay google so if you say okay google then your phone will you know um, just say okay what do you want what do you want me to do blah 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 and it's like your personal assistant and stuff and I've probably just pissed off a lot of listeners sorry but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it would have activated your shit um, but yeah okay computer is, is exactly that concept it's just amazing it's like Google must be just cracking up about it and even paranoid Android you know you got like 80% of the world got Android phone phones now and stuff it's just there are so many things that this predicted, and you're absolutely right about the information superhighway, the whole fitter, happier thing, that, that feeling of kind of almost like dismemberment from society due to technology taking over and um, consumerism and, uh, I don't know, like there's a lot of alienation and, and isolation in this album. And it's kind of like 
you know, that comes through the songs, it comes through the concept, it comes through the music. It just comes to, they've just done such a good job of interwe- interweaving everything into everything, which is not easy to do. And, and this, that's why I think, I, I mean, how many people have even pulled that off before? You know, I it's know. rare. Like you listen to this album, you, you, you know, the, always the, around that time, the prevailing narrative was best album of all time equals the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club. And, uh, but part of that, but part of that pisses me off. I get on my soapbox for a second for that one. That pisses me off because, like, I know the Beatles are great, blah blah, this and that. But sometimes it doesn't do new artists any favors because those are the standard that those people back then listened to, and there's a, and there are theirs is always going to be considered the quote unquote gold standard. Anything that comes after them, well, you can't compare it to that because that's just the greatest of all time. And I'm like, yeah, it could be one, it could be one of the greatest of all time. But there are new classics, and there are things that those albums that the Beatles did before can't speak to what we're going through right now. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's kind of it's kind of disrespectful to the great art that's still coming out today. Sometimes to go, okay, that's the gold standard, and nothing can ever live up to those. I can say you could say I, I would make an argument that you could say that's one of the gold standards. It's not the gold standard. I I I just get offended by that sometimes as an artist. Yeah, I, I can understand that. And, you, and we've kind of alluded to that before on this podcast that it's almost like there's no real point having lists because you might as well just group together a bunch of great al- albums and say, oh, look, look at this collection of albums. They're all really good. You know, you might like something more than the other or whatever. Um, but I mean, if I'm being honest, you know, if if I'm going to be the, the asshole that compares OK Computer to Sergeant Pepper, OK Computer does almost everything at least a million times better than Sergeant Pepper. <laughs> you know, Sergeant Pepper, you can pick holes in that album all day long. Absolutely. And and I love that album, but you can pick holes in that album all day long. And then you've got to take into account so many different factors, you know, like at what point in the, the Beatles trajectory that came and then same for Radiohead and this and that and the various pressures and all that kind of stuff. So there's no real point comparing them. But what you can say is that OK Computer delivers and executes in a way that I don't think many... I think maybe a handful of albums ever have ever done it as well. As, as cohesive as it is? Yeah. If you're talking about concept, narrative, this, that, music, uh, mashing up everything, I just can't speak highly enough of the album, to be honest. No, I agree. I, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. Which, leads us, which leads us out of this one and the one mm. that, that, that area, at least, in, at least in America, this was the one where the, the press was like, they're beyond rock, they're beyond blah, blah, blah. And that one is uh, Kid A. Yep, Kid A. <laughs> the album that took me about nine years to finally get. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's interesting. So, let's, so let's, 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 play, let's play this role. So how did you feel when you first heard this one? What set, the fuck set is the this scene shit? Up, set, set the scene up, set the scene up. Okay, so you just came off of OK Computer and you enjoyed so, it, right? Yeah, so I've been listening to OK Computer for like two years solid. Set up sets for the Americans, set up the British scene that before this album came out. Like, set it up, the scene. Okay, so once again, you've kind of got whispers and then you've always got these legendary arguments that are coming out of Radiohead and they're like, okay, we're scrapping everything and we just don't care. If we can't do this, we're going to break up, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. So eventually, I think it got delayed a couple of times and stuff and then... And then it got released in sort of near end of two uh, of two thousand. So it's been three years since OK Computer. And the problem is that OK, you can, like you know, I listened to OK Computer for a couple of years straight, as did everyone. And but then 
the pressure starts mounting a bit and you start thinking, okay, it's been a couple of years. What's going to happen next? And then, okay, computers, you start kind of, you know, eulogizing it because there's nothing new from Radiohead in essence. And, and it's this, this vicious cycle of more and more pressure and more and more expectation. And so when Kid A dropped, it's safe to say that almost everyone was like, what the fuck has just happened here? Like, is this just, are they just trolling us? Is this just like, you know, like, is this a wind up or what? Because, you know, from the moment you kind of press play and they're like, you know, even the reviewers were like, what the fuck is going on here? And, and, and the thing is, like I said before, you know, when they zig, we zag. That's Radiohead's MO. So in actual fact, looking back historically, it should have been expected to to a certain amount. Maybe not exactly the way that they did it, but that it should have been expected that, you know, they um <laughs> that that they might just do something a bit different, let's just say that. Um for me personally, it, it took me a long time to get into this album. I'm talking like I said, nine years. In fact I remember clearly I was on holiday in Italy in two thousand and nine and I was on a train and uh I was finally, I was finally like, okay, come on, let, let, let's try and conquer Kid A. Let's just try and finally get it. And uh, I think we were on a train going from like Rome to Florence or something like that. And uh, I finally got it. I was like, damn. Well, or at least I finally got the first five songs. And I was like, okay, fine. That's good enough for me right now. I, I've always got time to get into the rest of it. So what was it about it that turned you off? First of all, I think my love for OK Computer was kind of, unhealthy in context to kid a it, it, it's okay. just you know all encompassing and it's like okay fine it's not that i wanted exactly the same thing but i wanted something that, feeling, that was, you want that feeling yeah or at least something along those lines or, or i don't know like kid a is a very abstract album and it's very challenging and and, and i mean I, i'm gonna be interested to know what your thoughts on it are put it that way before i before i lay out all my cards um i mean what, what did you think of it when I first heard it, it didn't like I, honestly like it didn't bother me because I, I just remember I just remember before I even heard the album, I just know at least Rolling Stone on this side were like we're like worshiping the fuck out of this album. It was like it's progressive forward moving blah blah blah. So it kind of like so it wasn't the album that turned me off. It was Rolling Stone that turned me off. So that kind of helped me because I was like, no offense, Radiohead, but I'm going to chill out until this fucking hype dies down. And then I'm going to listen to it on my own terms. So I kind of like like let it go for a couple of years. No, no, no pain right there. Kid A and Amnesiac, and then I know Amnesiac was like, they had the reviews on that one, they were talking about that one. I was like, blah, 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 whatever. So, um, a couple years ago, like, I got all the CDs, and like I said, I did a playlist thing, and I listened to it, and the first one that caught my ear was the National Anthem, because I love that damn song. Like, that one, I was like, I was like holy shit! So, that one I love. So, okay. So one night, usually what I do is like this, like on the summertime, I usually open the windows if it's a cool night, and then I lay on my bed, and then I just press play, and I'm in my room with the door closed, and then just uh, let the sounds wash over me. And I enjoyed it. I, 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 I enjoyed it. Not as much as I enjoyed OK Computer at first, but I liked it a little bit. Because like, to me, like I don't, I don't have a problem with quote-unquote difficult albums for the most part, unless it's like something like, like it, it was like, it was like one of the things where people were like just like banging on trash cans and then and like, and like, and like kicking a cat. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. And when you start doing that stupid shit, I'm out of the door. So to me, this wasn't as challenging. I just know that it was kind of like, um, like the word you want to say, abstract. It's not as memorable as OK Computer, but I do remember, like, this is the kind of, I'll say this much about this album. And this is a compliment. It's going to sound like another compliment. 
I feel like this is the album where if you're having a rough night a rough night of sleep and you can't sleep you're insomniac and it's not negative you just put this on and just like zone out yep it'll help you out I think this I think this album plays more to your subconscious than it does to your conscious I believe that and, and I do believe that if there's any album like I will go back and listen to the lyrics of OK Computer I don't think I will ever care about the lyrics on this album I don't think I I, I, I think I, I probably can look at them here and there but I think I'll just never care about the lyrics I like the mood I like the tone of it I think this is the album where if I'm laying down at night I'll listen to it I don't think I'll listen to this in the car Except for maybe the national anthem, but I don't think this will be like something where I'll bump in my car. Like, you know what I'm in the mood for? I'm going to roll down the highway and badass kid A. I don't think that's ever going to happen. <laughs> Never. Yeah. I think that's a pretty fair summation of everything, to be honest, for me anyway, as well. Um, I mean, there are, there are a lot of moments I like, stroke love on this album. Um, but yeah, it's a mood piece, really. And it's a patchwork of various um, ideas and feelings and textures. I think you're right. I don't think the lyrics are that crucially important. You know, I mean, just to give it some context, I mean, with OK Computer, I remember Tom York was kind of like, he, he was kind of like saying, don't worry about the lyrics too much. Some of them are a bit kind of nonsensical and stuff, but he was kind of downplaying it. Actually, a lot of the lyrics are really important. Um, whereas on this, no, I mean, I, I don't think so. You know, I mean, th- there are there are times when he's basically like filtered into almost non-existence. <laughs> so yeah, kid, like, yeah, kid A, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, okay, fine. <laughs> Yeah, but even on even on national anthem, it's like. Yeah. Did you ever hear? Uh, did you ever hear Lupe Fiasco freestyle over? Uh, oh my God! Yes. Yeah. 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 Woo-wee. Damn. Lupe's coming back. Twenty seventeen. Let's hope. Let's hope. Yeah. He, uh, the album's coming out. You heard the, song, the singles from that one. I've, I've refused to listen to anything, to be honest. Okay, so you go on, you on a chord, guys. Yeah, I just want I just want to get the whole album as it as it comes. All right. Um, let's get back to let's get back. So to it. so Kid A, for me, it was always kind of like the first five songs. I really from two thousand nine anyway onwards, I really got. And then after that, I think the second half I always had more trouble with, to be honest. Just I just did. If I did, I did. I, I got an analogy for you. I, I got an analogy for you. So is the Ben Star Wars? It's okay, computer. Empire Strikes Back. It is Kid A Empire and Return of the Jedi. No, I, I don't <laughs> think I, I don't think that's quite right. If anything, I'd say Kid A is almost kind of more Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club in a way. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it's kind of. I'm just saying. I, I'm saying this. It's kind of like it's, it's kind of like like the Benz is kind of like the one that kind of like, okay. This this is the stand. This the this the baseline standard we have for. For for uh, Radiohead, and then OK Computer was like nobody saw that shit coming from a mile away, like Empire Strikes Back, and then Kid A is like it's good, it's it's excellent, but it does have like it's kind of wanky, like Return of the Jedi. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like Return of the Jedi is good, but you see, like it's not as it's not as strong as the as the the one before. You don't see that. I, I can see what you're saying with the first two, especially Empire Strikes Back, Stroke, OK Computer. Um, I, I think Return of the Jedi is not quite. Mm, I, I don't know. Not not sure. I, I I'm not really sure what to equate this album to in in, in a way. Um, I don't know. Not quite sure. But I mean, as far as the, the second half of the album goes, I, I did like Idiotech, but 
and maybe a motion picture soundtrack but even to this day i've never really been a massive fan of the second half of this album um so you're really gonna venture past you you really venture past the first half really yeah i mean not really like i'll leave it on but i kind of zone out a bit until idiotech comes and then i kind of zone out again and then it's i don't know and and what you're saying about the insomnia thing is it's just so spot on it's it's so hilarious if you took national anthem out of that it would literally be if I was ever, I'd probably train my children just to fall asleep to this album. <laughs> um, but but again, that's not a diss or anything. But it's just like you know. said, it, it's kind of you know, it's more the subconscious. It more plays on the subconscious than the, than the forefront. So. Put it this way. Put it this way. It it kind of surprises me that this album was voted the greatest album of the decade. It, by by so many lists, or like top five, top ten, by so many. So lists. you're so you're shocked. So you're shocked by that. Yeah, I mean, let me ask you a question: Would it have been a top ten of that year for you? For me personally, no. Yes. Um because <laughs> because it took me nine years to get it. But I mean, yeah. in retrospect, yeah, probably. But I, I I don't think. I mean, if you if you're comparing this. I know they're unequal, but if you're talking about OK Computer, OK Computer, yes, that is that deserves to be on every fucking list ever. Yeah, but but it was Kid A for me. It's kind of like, all right, I think it's it's fascinating. It, it was an amazing left turn, another left turn. Um, but the, then the problem is, is that when Radiohead do so many left turns, they end up back where they started, which is basically what happened in their career. So I don't know. Let me ask a question. Is, it one, is the reason why they're naming it the best album of the decade, is it one of them things where it's, 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 it's so deep you don't understand syndrome? Is it that? Is that part of why I think that's putting... I think that's part of it. I, thought, I also think it's part of a narrative that when you're trying to give a narrative to a decade of music, then you can... I personally, I know I might get pelters for this, but I think it's exactly the same with Outcast, Bombs Over Baghdad. Because for me, I like that song, but I don't think that's the greatest song of the decade, which is what everyone fucking voted it as. (laughs) Just because it it mashes a lot of genres and kind of somehow, you know, predicts parts of the decade ahead, then I don't think that makes it the best song of the decade, you know? And just like, I don't think this is the best album of the decade, you know? And... It's a bit of a funny one, but someone else might think, no, Kid A, I understand every part of it, and I love it much more than OK Computer. So, and that's absolutely fair enough. So, um, it, it, obviously, it's subjective; it's music. But I, I think, I think, I think this might be a case where the American music press went a bit over the top. To be honest. Um, oh my god! I turned me <laughs> off. I was like, "What the fuck? The like, calm the fuck down." I when the Strokes came out, I remember the Strokes was so hyped. My my friend, I played the Strokes album for my friend. My friend was like, "That's it. This is the band that everybody's going crazy about." Are you kidding me? Yeah, it just felt like that. It felt like that to me. I I I never got the Strokes thing. I have to admit, <laughs> you're absolutely spot on. So, so, so I take it we're never doing a Strokes podcast. No. <laughs> is this <Yes>. it that's all you give the strokes got you I see. yeah um, no I mean like I think the album was perfectly fine but I, just, I do not understand the eulogizing the height, the height, like, oh my god this is a breakthrough like, you know what you know what that was you know what that was they were trying to bring that New York that New York yeah. uh, the Ramon shit back they were trying so hard to bring that stuff yep yep Again, you're talking retrospective narratives when you're trying to just attribute all these things in just desperation to creating a scene. It's like, just relax. Let the music do what it does naturally and organically. I thought like the industry was trying to push that shit so hard. Like, okay, the vines. Like, they're trying to push that so hard. Like, okay, let's bring back that New York Ramones kind of thing. I was like, it wasn't working. The kids weren't going for that. Yeah. I completely agree. 
right, uh, so yeah. Do you think we should wrap this up? Yeah, I mean, we, we, I don't, uh, the only thing we kind of didn't do was like favorite songs from Kid A, but um, I mean, oh, for okay, me, it's the first five, <laughs> and then after that, Idiotech, and that's basically it. So. Basically, the national anthem is my favorite, and then the rest of it kind of like goes into the subconscious. Yeah. I do love oh, yeah. the first three songs, though. Uh, I think, you know, everything in its right place. I love that song. Yeah. Kid A is amazing, and national anthem. And then after that, it kind of all, you know, kind of, yeah. Uh, I don't know. together. Yeah. I'm sure there's some real Radiohead fans out there listening just cursing us right now. What the fuck Feel is like, your problem? Oh, what are you fucking saying? Wank. Hey, no problem. <laughs> I said, bring it on, man. If you feel that way, if, if I can bring anger out of you, then I'm pretty sure. Like, you know what? It's good to get angry sometimes when somebody listens to your favorite band and they don't get it. Because it's like it's like a righteous anger. Like, you don't understand. So there's some, there's some, there's some, my favorite artists sometimes like, you don't fucking get it. Like, sometimes I'm on Twitter. And I'll see somebody say something about a, like a person I like. I'm like, you just don't understand the intricacies of that bullshit. What are you talking about? So, I, I can relate. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so should we wrap that up then? Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, oh, sorry. Actually, do you know, I was going to ask you which was your favorite out of the three. Uh, Is it just OK, OK Computer? OK Computer easily, yeah. Yeah, me too. Okay. That was a wasted question. <laughs> <laughs> They're all good. They're all good. It's solid. It's all good. But I would say OK Computer is probably like the one I'll still listen to. Out yeah. of all three of them. If somebody, if, somebody, if, if I was in Desert Island and they forced me to pick one of them to take to the island, it'd be OK Computer, no question. Yeah. Well, I, I think the difference is for me, I would take this album to the Desert Island. You wouldn't have to okay. force me to. This would be one of my top five, without a doubt, like any genre, okay. basically. Yeah. That's how much I love OK Computer. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, OK Google. Okay, Google. Um, So, (laughs) uh, yeah, we're going to leave it at that. And uh, peace. Peace out.